So my testosterone though. Wow. What a change. Incredible change. Welcome to another episode of the Meat Medic Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Suresh Kawadka. Now, I apologize for the delay in making this video. I know I've been promising it for a little while, but it's finally here. Uh, unfortunately, I had some issues. My computer was being repaired. I couldn't edit any videos. Uh, plus, I was waiting for all my results to come in, and they finally have. Uh, the DHT took, uh, yeah, like four weeks to come in, which is uh, took a while. I was surprised at that one. Anyway, in today's episode, I want to let you know what happened when I ate just ribeye steak for 30 days. That's right. Ribeye and rib fillet, basically ribeye without the bone, was the only thing I ate for 30 days. The only thing I drank was water. And the only thing I put on my food was salt. 30 days. And I've got to tell you, I learned a hell of a lot. It was a fascinating time. And I want to share with you what happened. Before we get into that, though, why the hell did I do this? <laughs> I mean, what kind of crazy person only eats one thing for a month? Well, me, I guess. I wanted to see what happened. After all, I felt the best when I ate ribeye. I felt full, satiated, happy, healthy, full of life, great energy, great libido, physically, mentally, just at my peak when I ate ribeye. So why not just extend that and just eat ribeye all the time? Makes sense. So that's what I did. However, I do have a slight confession to make. Whilst all I ate was ribeye, I did end up taking one supplement about two weeks into the 30 days. Now, now, I know, I know, I know there's going to be people already screaming at their screens, commenting that I'm lying, that I took supplements. It wasn't just ribeye steak, but look, bear with me. All will be explained later in the episode. I pretty much literally had to take those supplements. But this was the whole point of doing the experiment to see what the heck happens when all you eat is ribeye. But honestly, the results otherwise, oh my God, wow. Anyway, I'm going to be putting up my bloods before and after the experiment for you to compare, as well as some before and after photos. Now look, this is the first time that I'm putting my personal photos out there on the internet. So please be kind in the comments. I have not reached my personal goals for my body fat composition, and that will be pretty clear on the photos. But hopefully you'll all agree, the results just after 30 days of ribeye were actually pretty impressive. Now, like I said, I'm not where I want to be, but it's a work in progress. Anyway, for those listening in on the podcast, sorry, you guys can't see the photos, but I will be linking them in the description on my Instagram so you can check them out if you're wanting to. 
And I also have a real nugget of information for anyone that's struggling with hormones on the carnivore diet, or anyone that's just not seeing the results that they think they should be seeing, that everybody else seems to get. Particularly pertinent for my fellow Australians. But I'm going to explain more later in the episode. Now, I know this has been a long intro, but I would encourage you to watch the whole episode. But if you want to skip to the end to see my results, look, I don't blame you. Go ahead. So what did I actually eat? Well, for 30 days, I literally just ate either ribeye steak or rib fillet. Basically the same thing, just bone in, bone out. I had to swap between them at times because I, I actually couldn't get enough of just one or the other. I don't have enough room in my fridge and freezer to store enough meat for the whole month, so it was a little bit tricky. I had to go shopping pretty much almost every week and just hope that they had enough in stock, which is hard because where I shop, they usually stock like two or three at a time, which is not great. But for the purposes of this episode, when I say ribeye, I mean either ribeye or rib fillet. Now, I also exclusively ate grain-fed beef. That's right, grain-fed not grass-fed. Now, bear that in mind when you see my blood tests at the end, because I know this is very hotly debated. Is grain-fed better than grass-fed, or is grass-fed better than grain-fed? Now, most people will tell you grass-fed is better than grain-fed, and to be fair, look, I still maintain that that is the case. But there's not that much difference. Especially here in Australia, we are lucky that almost all the beef we have, if not all of it, is actually really grass raised and then either grain finished or grass finished. So even our grain fed beef, quote unquote, is still predominantly grass fed. All that aside, I still maintain eat to your budget and your taste. That is the most important thing. So why do I eat grain fed meat if grass fed is better? Well, look, 30 days, all I ate was ribeye steak. Myself, I ate between one and three ribeyes a day. So I averaged around, I think about two and a half ribeyes, uh, something like 80 steaks over the, uh, over the course of the month for 30 days. Now, locally to me in Australia, ribeyes range from around 35 Australian dollars a kilo to 70 Australian dollars a kilo, even some places 90 or 100 dollars a kilo. Now, that's approximately 25 US dollars a kilo or around $12.50, $12.50 US dollars per pound, all the way up to maybe like 30, even 40 US dollars per pound. Oh, that's pretty expensive. And look, I'm a doctor, but I don't earn that much money that I can go and eat ribeye and grass-fed ribeye every single day, every single meal. My local butcher that I used to go to charges around $55 a kilo for grass-fed rib fillet, but interestingly charge more for grain-fed, which is a bit weird to me, but anyway, I digress. Each ribeye works out on average around $16 each, and I ate about 80, almost 85 maybe ribeyes in 30 days. I didn't keep track of it perfectly, I'm afraid. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But my wife was also eating a lot of the ribeyes as well, so I actually couldn't really track it per perfectly. 
and we had to further keep the cost down because she, she was eating them all as well. Even my kids were getting in on it and they were, they're young. They're like two, five and seven. And uh, they were even eating half my ribeyes as well. So <laughs> it got expensive. Just for myself, I spent about $1,250 on ribeye steak for the 30 days. Um, you know, like I had to make it cheaper. Don't mistake anything, guys. Like I'm not normally eating ribeye for every meal. Honestly, I just, I can't afford that. But this was just for one month. It was for science. I wanted to see for myself personally what actually happened when I just ate ribeye. Because usually I'm eating chuck, mince, eggs, bacon, maybe T-bones, the occasional ribeye. Yes, not very often though. If I'd have gone for grass-fed ribeyes, you know, I would have been paying double, like almost $2,500 for food for one person for one month. But I don't know about you guys, I can't afford that. That's ridiculous. Anyway, I cooked the ribeye pretty much just in one way, the air fryer. Now I know. Oh my God, I can hear the comments already. People screaming, oh my God, you can't air fry ribeye. You madman, you criminal, you heathen. Well, look, calm down. You actually can. And you know, when you work full time, you've got a podcast, you've got a YouTube channel, you've got three kids, another one on the way. Look, you've got to find time to, to you got to find a way to save time. And an air fryer, it's a pretty damn good time saver. Also, we live in a rental at the moment. And the rental that we live in, the hob is basically like a really crappy electric hob that is like an old style ceramic hob. It takes forever to heat up. Never really gets hot enough to give you a proper sear on a steak. And honestly, for like one steak, I'm not going to fire up the barbecue and go outside in the in the in the dark with spiders. Look, when we live in Australia, come on, I'm getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. So the air fryer, that was pretty much it. Like every time. But you know what? It was great. It was fine. No problems. Occasionally, maybe I felt like doing a nice slow, low reverse sear. And yeah, I'm not going to lie. That is a lot better than a quick air fried ribeye. But I don't have time to do that every day to reverse sear it for an hour or two. No, I can't do that. Not every meal. So ribeye, that's what I ate. Just ribeye. The only seasoning I used was salt. Now I use a particular type of salt. I use pink Himalayan salt. I know a lot of people out there are going to be saying, you know, in the comments again, oh, but you should get Redmond's real salt. It's really good. Yeah, I know. It's really good. But it costs a huge amount of money to import it here into Australia. And I don't have that money. Like I literally go through probably like a kilo and a half of salt a, a, a month, probably more actually. Anyway, well, actually maybe not that much, maybe a kilo a month. So when did I eat? I ate when I was hungry and I ate till I was full. I didn't have a set plan for when I was going to eat or how much I was going to eat. I just ate intuitively. When I was hungry, I ate. When I wasn't, I didn't. I didn't force any fasting. And to be honest, most days I ate probably three ribeyes a day. I took cold ribeyes into work for, for lunch basically as well. Now, again, I can see the comments, people going, oh my God, cold ribeye. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. You cook a ribeye and you don't want to eat it all because you're full, you're not going to throw that thing away. God, no. You put it in the fridge, you eat it the next day. Oh, ribeye is actually pretty tasty. If you haven't tried it, it's actually pretty nice. So I started out feeling pretty excited. 
I mean, who isn't going to be excited getting to eat ribeye steaks every day? I mean, I get to eat them all day, every day, for a month. Who doesn't like eating steaks, especially ribeyes? Pretty soon, I actually felt amazing. Like, totally amazing. I was coming from pretty strict BBBE, which is beef, bacon, butter, eggs. But the difference was pretty noticeable going on to just ribeye. Now again, bear in mind, this is grain-fed ribeye, not grass-fed. It wasn't the difference, like the night and day difference that it was from going from keto to carnivore, but it was pretty big difference. Like it was probably like going from low carb to keto. Is it quite, quite noticeable? I really felt pretty incredible and I just wanted to, to carry on. Definitely not going to stop this. I felt great. I honestly just couldn't get enough ribeye into me. My body was just absolutely loving this new diet. So the days go by. I'm feeling better and better and better every single day. I'm still loving the ribeyes and I was eating them dry aged and cooking them in the air fryer. Oh yeah, sorry. I forgot to mention I was dry aging the ribeyes in the fridge as much as I could, usually for about one to two days. Uh, it's pretty hard going through them so quickly to dry age them that much. I just, I don't have that much room in my fridge to be able to dry age them properly. Anyway, we're about a week in at this point and I still feel amazing. My weight is increasing, but my fat is dropping. Lean body mass is obviously going up. Mentally, I feel fantastic. I already did, but I feel even better. Physically, I feel great. And I'm not even getting bored with the ribeyes. Still finding them extremely delicious, and life is good. Mostly. I was actually starting to get quite bad cramps in my legs. Now, I've had cramps for a long time, but obviously, my magnesium levels were dropping. And so I took some magnesium tablets. Now that wasn't the supplement I was talking about actually. I've had issues with magnesium and cramps ever since I came to Australia. I never had them before in the UK. And I'd done keto and stuff in the UK before. I had them before I started carnival. So it wasn't just on carnivore, I was getting cramps. No, I was, had them here when I was doing keto, low carb, even just a normal standard diet here as well. So I had them before carnivore and I had them with carnivore. They didn't get any better on carnivore. I don't think they got worse either, but they definitely didn't improve with carnivore. Now, I'm sure there's loads of people out there like me, but magnesium doesn't, just doesn't agree with me. I've got some patients that take two to three magnesium tablets a day without problems. But even one a day regularly for me gives me terrible diarrhea and just it's just not sustainable for me. And it doesn't matter. And I know the comments, people are already going to be saying, take magnesium glycinate, don't take citrate, don't take oxalate, oxide, whatever. It makes no difference. Magnesium glycinate still causes me diarrhea. Just something with that and my body. I don't know why. Thankfully, tablets occasionally, magnesium bath occasionally, they help and they keep my cramps at bay. And I had to step it up a little bit in this week, but it was manageable. 
It was okay. No big deal. We're moving forwards. Another week goes by. I'm into my second week. And my cramps are getting worse. They're pretty damn noticeable at this point. I'm also noticing that the magnesium tablets are just not working. Like, what's going on? I felt pretty good, but I didn't feel as good as I had. The, the first week, I felt unbelievable. Mentally, physically, everything was great. But now, all of a sudden, about 10 days in, I just wasn't feeling good. Well, I was. That's a lie. I was feeling good. But I wasn't feeling amazing. I wasn't feeling incredible anymore. So what the hell was going on? At the 14-day mark now, my cramps got absolutely horrendous. Honestly, like, so painful. They were keeping me up at night. And I actually woke numerous times in the night on that 14th day. So, so painful. Horrible cramps. I just couldn't get rid of them. That night, I woke up in excruciating pain. The worst pain I've ever had. I almost actually called an ambulance. Like, I know that sounds ridiculous for cramps, but they were so painful. Why the hell was this happening? It was so painful. I literally got straight into the bath, filled it with magnesium, actually took magnesium tablets in the bath. I was like, I must do something here. And I even was putting like magnesium cream on, on my legs while the bath was filling up. Like, yeah, I knew it would just wash straight off, but like I had to do something. I was literally crying with pain. I put probably like a kilo of magnesium salts into the bath as well. And honestly, like it did almost nothing. Like I managed to just get rid of the pain just enough to get to sleep. But yeah, it really did nothing. So at this point now, I'm actually getting pretty concerned because how can I carry on with this diet? with these horrendous cramps that just don't seem to be resolving now. It doesn't matter how much magnesium I take. I'm also noticing at this point, I'm starting to crave certain foods. Weird. To be honest, in retrospect, I'd actually noticed over the week or so prior, so the kind of second week, maybe day seven onwards, I had actually been craving some of these foods. I just didn't really kind of notice. But now, day 14, like I was really craving them, like really hard, hard cravings. Like this is really hard to ignore. I hadn't had a craving for anything in almost six months of eating carnivore. So why now? Well, I mean, pretty damn obvious, really. I was deficient in something, clearly. And bloody hell, my body wanted it. Was it the magnesium? Well, clearly this was an issue for me. But could it be something else? Maybe? Why wasn't the magnesium working though? And if I was having the magnesium, why was I still craving these foods? Didn't make any sense. Comments on my YouTube videos 
you know, people were saying like, maybe I just hated ribeye. Yes, fair enough. Been eating it straight for two weeks. Maybe my body was craving something else. Well, yeah, probably. Was it a mineral deficiency? Vitamins? Well, yeah, almost certainly this would have been the case. But what was it? What was I craving? What was I missing? I just, I didn't feel great anymore either. It wasn't just the cramps. That was like the, just the spark. That was the kind of, this is really obvious, but I wasn't feeling great. I wasn't feeling perfect. I was still feeling good, but not perfect. And when you feel perfect, when you touch that, you know when you don't. So apart from the cramps, what other issues was I experiencing? Now, bearing in mind, we're still two weeks in at this point. My sleep was getting pretty bad. Now, maybe that was the low magnesium. Yeah, it's certainly possible. People take magnesium to try and help them to sleep. I felt pretty terrible, debilitating, almost disabling cramps. Definitely magnesium was a problem there. It wasn't salt. I was getting loads of salt. My libido was dropping though. Probably not magnesium. My energy level was dropping. Could have been magnesium. It's possible. But not convinced by that one. I felt less clear-headed. Not, not brain fog necessarily. Just less clear-headed. Could that have been magnesium? Yeah, possible. Possible. I wasn't convinced though. And my motivation had gone down. My kind of drive to, to do things had gone down. I didn't think that was the magnesium. So what else could be the issue here? And why was I craving these random foods? What was I even craving? Well, I was craving this weird combination. Liver, eggs, milk, cheese, and fruit. These weren't like, oh, I feel like some fruit now, or maybe I should have some liver because everyone's talking about it. No, this was like, I will kill someone for liver right now. <laughs> like, I will literally kill for fruit. Like, these were, these were hard cravings. Clearly, my body was wanting something. But why these random collection of foods? It wasn't sugar. Because like my wife was baking cookies and stuff and I was like, they're garbage. It was sugar, I would have just eaten them all up. Could it have been maybe the folate that I was maybe lacking? Actually, I'm going to come back to folate. But yeah, look, maybe. Liver and eggs, sure. Folate makes sense, of course. Could it have been something else like, I don't know, choline or something in the eggs? So, yeah, maybe. It's possible. Um, anyway, let's have a look at the folate. First, let's have a look at this uh, infographic from Nutrition with Judy, Judy Cho. Uh, she's amazing, by the way. Make sure you follow her on Instagram. She's great. You can see here the folate in ribeye is very low, as are a number of vitamins and minerals. And folate is present in quite high levels in liver and eggs, as you can see from these other infographics. But what about milk and cheese? There's not that much in those. And maybe if it was dairy I was craving, why well, didn't I want butter? Because I didn't. Very odd. 
Why the heck did I want fruit? Okay, maybe the folate. Maybe, maybe the magnesium. I don't know. Um, but what was this link like between these foods? There must have been something. Anyone that follows me on social media, uh, if you don't, look, these do, um, you'll know that I don't really think that we need fruit on a carnivore diet or organs for that matter. So why was I desperately craving fruit and liver? What on earth was the link between these seemingly totally random foods? Liver, eggs, milk, cheese, and fruit. Five things. Well, I got to work, but on my detective hat, did some internet sleuthing. Pretty quickly, I actually managed to work out a common link. Now, some of you may not have heard of this, others may have, but the link that I found in all of these foods that I was craving was boron. That's right. Boron. B-O-R-O-N. Otherwise known as boric acid. And some people, especially farmers out there, may know it as borax. Now, anyone that's been mysteriously scratching their head at what I was lacking on this ribeye-only diet, there it is. I've put you out of your misery. Boron. Such a random, almost unheard of mineral. Honestly, like pretty much every patient I speak to about boron now has never even heard of it. It's fascinating. I'm going to do another episode all about boron, but briefly, boron is a trace mineral that plays an essential role in human health. Whilst it's not considered an essential nutrient, meaning we don't require it to survive, it is still important for several physiological processes. Boron can be found in several foods, including green leafy vegetables, nuts, and legumes, which we're not eating on a carnivore diet, of course. But it also just happens to be found in milk, eggs, fruit, cheese, and liver. These five foods that I was craving pretty damn hard. Now, armed with this new knowledge that I was maybe craving boron, I thought, okay, I need to put this to the test. How can I do this? Well, I could just go and eat those foods, but the whole point was to eat just ribeye. See what happens. Now, it actually turns out I had some boron tablets in the house. I'd actually bought them ages ago, well before carnivore, because I'd heard that they could increase testosterone. I think it was a Thomas DeLau video a while ago. Anyway, they never really did that much for me. So I kind of just put them back in the cupboard and, you know, fine. But they were still there, and I remembered. Why did I suddenly crave boron? I mean, I'd been doing carnivore for like six months almost. Well, about five months at that point before I started this. Why was I not craving boron before? Why was I not craving liver and fruit and cheese and eggs and all these other things before? If I'm not going to get it in meat, because you really don't get it in meat at all. Well, whilst I was doing pretty strict BBBE, I was eating eggs, quite a lot of them, and I was drinking some milk and eating some cheese. And I was eating probably four to six eggs maybe a day on average. 
And that was probably just enough to just kind of scrape me by. At least that's my interpretation. There's no RDA for boron, but it's recommended at least to get about one milligram per day for an adult. And eggs typically contain around 0.015 milligrams per egg, which is pretty low. Milk has around 0.045 milligrams per liter, pretty low. And cheese typically around 0.025 milligrams per 100 grams. Hardly massive amounts. But maybe it was enough for me to just get by eating five to six maybe eggs a day, maybe like half a liter of milk a day, and maybe 100 grams of cheese a day. It's kind of what I was eating before. It's probably enough to get me, I don't know, like maybe 0.5 milligrams or something. I haven't done the maths. Anyway, ribeye is estimated to have around 0.015 milligrams per 100 grams. Which isn't that dissimilar. And I was eating probably like 750 grams to maybe a kilo of ribeye a day, like around maybe two to three steaks a day. And they're typically about 300 grams roughly per steak. So you think I should have been all right for the boron. I don't know, maybe I had it all wrong, but it seemed like my body wanted the boron. I wondered why. Why did my body want boron? What, what was boron doing for me? So I did some more research, put my detective hat back on, did some more internet sleuthing. And I actually came across this pretty unknown or little known fact. Boron is what we call a bioavailability enhancer. The hell's that? The bioavailability enhancer is kind of as the name suggests, does what it says on the tin. It's something that enhances the bioavailability of foods, basically. So boron actually helps certain minerals get into the body. And it just so happens, surprise, surprise, boron is an essential integral component of proper absorption and deposition of magnesium into the human body. Huh. So was this why I was getting such bad cramps? Yeah, actually, that makes sense. This is why my magnesium tablets weren't working. Maybe? Yeah, makes sense. I was lacking the boron. I couldn't get the magnesium into my body. Doesn't matter how much I was taking, it wouldn't get in because I lacked the boron, basically, to shuttle it into the body. My body just was craving foods that just happened to contain boron as this common link. My magnesium cramps were getting terrible, indicating lower and lower magnesium levels, and the magnesium replacement therapy just wasn't working. Could it be that simple? It was boron. What about the other issues? Lack of motivation, loss of libido, Lack of mental clarity, lack of energy. Well, I mentioned that boron is a bioavailability enhancer. And whilst it increases magnesium in the body, it's also needed for proper iron and zinc absorption. Hmm, could I have been lacking those? Maybe. 
I should have been lacking on, shouldn't have been lacking rather, on a pure red meat diet. But maybe I was. I actually did some bloods and yes, actually, they had both dropped. Not significantly, but they had dropped. Very interesting. What else though? What else was going on here? Well, I mentioned earlier that I'd previously heard that boron could increase testosterone levels. Hmm. Actually, this started to make sense. I was lacking low motivation. I was having lower libido. I had less energy. I was less clear-headed. Huh. All symptoms of lower testosterone levels. Very interesting. So, armed with this new knowledge, I did the only thing that I could possibly do. No, I didn't stop eating the ribeye. God, no. Who wants to stop eating ribeye? No, I actually went and took the boron tablets I had in the cupboard. Five milligram tablets. I took one. The next day, this was basically the day after my these insane cramps. Well, two days later, technically. All my cravings, absolutely gone. Absolutely gone. Unbelievable. I'd literally gone from like thinking I will literally kill someone to eat some liver and fruit right now to the idea of liver and fruit disgusts me. Actually repulsive. I didn't want milk and I didn't want cheese. And I am a real cheese addict. And I didn't want cheese anymore. This was incredible. Like what a change from one tablet of boron. The cramps though. Oh my God. They had literally gone from like 10 out of 10 pain. Some of the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life. And I've had pericarditis, well, actually four times now. Uh, it was three times when I wrote this script. It's four times now, thanks to my uh, daughter giving me RSV a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm fine, by the way. Um, and I've had myocarditis, which honestly, I would not wish that on my worst enemy. If anyone out there knows that pain, look, yeah, I feel you. They'd gone from the 10 out of 10 to like literally zero with one tablet of boron. Absolutely incredible. Like just magic. Absolute magic. Now, I know what some people are going to say in the comments. They're going to say, oh, well, maybe you just woke up and you just didn't have the cramps anymore because that's what happened. Yeah, look, maybe. But this was a couple of days, actually. And the the last week, basically before that, I'd had cramps like literally every day, all day, every day, permanent. They were gone, like entirely gone. And my cravings, they were entirely, entirely gone. So I figured this must be the boron. So I took the boron tablets, five milligrams a day for a couple of days. Straight away, I noticed my cramps were gone, my head was clear, my energy was 100%, I was motivated with life, and my libido was honestly back with a vengeance. Oh my god. Yeah, it was. Truly incredible. But, you know, like a good little researcher, I wanted to actually really test my hypothesis. 
so I stopped the boron tablets to see if the issues came back. And honestly, pretty much straight away they did. Now, this isn't a true test. A true test is you need to reintroduce the boron back again and see if they go away again. And well, yeah, pretty obviously they did. Almost, almost instantly. Pretty incredible and still unbelievable to me that I found this link between all these foods I was craving and the symptoms of low testosterone and the horrible, horrible magnesium issues I was having. But now I was kind of in two minds. Do I continue the boron? Kind of almost ruining the experiment. Or do I suffer through the next kind of 10 days or so that I had left on this, on this diet, on this month? I deliberated for a while, but in the end, I kind of decided that, you know what? I'm just going to carry on taking the boron because I've only got about 10 days left. I figure by this point, I've pretty much seen the effects of the lack of boron and that what ribeye only was going to do to me, I think. If there's going to be any other issues with just, just the other minerals, it probably would become pretty apparent anyway. And after all, it's not like boron was going to fix everything, or would it? Again, I wanted to test. I mentioned the folate earlier. I said I'd come back to that. So, my folate should have gone down. After all, let's look at this infographic again. There's almost literally no folate in, 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 in ribeye. So, why did my cravings for liver and eggs go away when I took the boron? If I was really lacking in folate, surely I would have still been craving those because that was probably the source for folate, maybe fruit as well. I was eating like no folate, yet I didn't want sources of folate. What gives? Surely my folate's going to be low. Anyway, I figured I'd find out at the end and just do my blood work. And yeah, actually that might surprise you. Anyway. I feel like I've spoken a lot. This episode is getting super long already, but there is more to come. I really appreciate anyone sitting there listening to this or watching this whole episode. Thank you so much. This was a really fantastic experiment and I'm so glad that I did it. And I really do help, hope that it helps other people out there. And I think it will. Now, it's getting long, I know. Still got a bit to go. Bear with me. On that note, I did say near the start of the episode that I had information that could particularly help Australians and other people out there who are struggling on carnival. And basically, this is the boron. Again, I'm going to do another full episode dedicated to boron. I know I've already spoke about it a little bit already, but like, genuinely, I feel like I found a really big secret here. I know other people like uh, Dr. Paul Saladino, who does talk about boron. I've seen one of his episodes, he talks about it. I know it's in his book and there are other books out there as well that do talk about boron, but I feel like nobody else is really talking about it. And I feel like I've had this amazing breakthrough. Now I said about Australians. Now, obviously I'm in Australia and I work with Australian patients, of course. And here in Australia, we have probably some of the highest rates in the world of iron, zinc, and magnesium deficiencies. Now, 
I mentioned boron is a bioavailability enhancer and it just so happens to enhance the availability of zinc, iron and magnesium amongst other things. Now, I don't think I go a single day without seeing a patient who is on at least one magnesium tablet a day. Honestly, like probably 90% of my patients are taking magnesium tablets. Since I discovered this though, I've been talking to them about boron. And most of them have now got off magnesium tablets completely. They've got off their iron tablets. They've got off their zinc tablets. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Now, why is that the case here in Australia? Well, we know we have a very poor soil quality here in Australia. We know that. And it's thought to be that the zinc, the iron, and the magnesium are particularly low here. But maybe it's the boron. Makes sense. If you supplement boron, those problems go away. Actually, you were never deficient in your intake in those minerals. You were just deficient in absorbing it. And if boron tablets fixes it, you were deficient in your boron. Now, there is actually evidence to support this. The soil in Australia is deficient in boron and in many places around the world. So if you're having problems like this, you're the kind of you're the person who's not losing the weight that everyone else is losing. You're the person whose hormones are tanking out there that you feel terrible on the carnivore diet. You might be lacking boron. Think about getting some tablets. I'll put a link in the description for the ones that I use and see if it helps. We all know people that just feel unbelievable on the carnivore diet, but some of us just feel terrible. Is this why? Yeah, I think maybe, like me, you guys may be low in your boron and you really should consider taking it. Now, through my experiments and experimenting with my patients, with their consent, of course, you know, I've actually found it to be very successful in helping people that are having these issues. I found it can significantly reduce sex hormone binding globulin levels, SHBG. Now, as I said, I've put a link in the description to the boron tablets that I take. And if you want to buy some, look, that would help out the channel with an affiliate link. But I definitely think it's worth checking it out to see if it helps you. They're pretty cheap. Like 20 Australian dollars will get you about six months worth. Now, I personally take about five milligrams a day, maybe sometimes even 10. You definitely should not take more than 20 because that is potentially a lethal dose. They'd so be very careful about the dosing, but five or less should be perfectly fine. Anyway, back to the experiment. Honestly, after that, it was easy. Everything went without a hitch. After, re after introducing the boron into my diet, honestly, I just felt absolutely out of this world. Absolutely out of this world. Not a single, single problem after that. No cramps, no cravings, no pains. Sleep was amazing. And libido was, well, let's just say there were no problems there. At the end of the 30 days, surprisingly, I actually still loved ribeye. Everyone was saying, oh my God, you're going to hate ribeye. You must hate it by now. You must be so bored. Honestly, I did not. I still love ribeye. actually had some for dinner tonight. <laughs> I still do. Look, it's been a few weeks since I finished the challenge and I've still been eating ribeyes. Not exclusively. Look, like I said, I'm not that rich. Come on. But honestly, they're just still nice. But towards the end of the 30 days, 
whilst I still love the ribeyes, I really did want to just eat something else. Kind of anything else. <laughs> but I w yeah, I was pretty keen for other food, even though I still like the ribeyes. Now, actually, in that sense, I've actually been experimenting with some fruit since I have uh, done my ribeye experiment. Now, I'm going to do another episode on that. This has got way too long already. But, okay, actually, let me, let me just let's get on to the bloods. Okay, my photos and my blood test results. Uh, this is long enough already. Okay, right, here goes. So, as I said near the start, guys, and if you've made it this far, look, thank you very much. I do appreciate it. This is the first time that I've put my photos up on the internet. So please be <laughs> gentle with me. Look, I'm pretty robust, but please be gentle. I'm still a long way off my target for my body composition. But honestly, my goal is health, not weight loss. You can see the difference here, though, in just 30 days on the ribeye only. Oh, well, I guess a boron as well, diet. The difference between the start and the end photos, I think hopefully most people will agree they're pretty impressive. Pretty big change in 30 days. And here's my blood tests with some explanation. So my full blood count shows that my inflammatory white cells, my monocytes, which we know can be associated with heart disease and general inflammatory states, has reduced. That's good. 0 0.4 down to 0 0.3. Now, 0 0.4 was already fantastic, but 0 0.3 is even better. It's great. Gone in the right direction. Now, remember as well, this is on grain-fed beef, not grass-fed. This could have been even better on grass-fed, potentially. This is really good because this is a reduction in my cardiovascular disease risk. My TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, has reduced slightly from 1.59 to 1.26. Now I didn't unfortunately do the full panel this time due to Medicare restrictions here in Australia, but a reduction in TSH shows, in my opinion, an improvement in metabolic health. Now according to these studies, TSH will increase in high carbohydrate states but it can also increase in inflammatory states. And a reduction in TSH is likely to represent a reduction in my inflammatory level, which is definitely a good thing. My fasting glucose went down from 5.2 to 4.8. Still a little bit high for my liking, but on the whole, look, I'm actually pretty happy with that. Any reduction is a good reduction. Interesting it wasn't lower though, that is interesting. But anyway, I did say actually I've been experimenting with fruit and I'm actually going to do a CGM so and a video on what actually happens when I eat food. So make sure you subscribe for that one. My ferritin went up, yet my iron intake, as evidenced by the iron result, actually went down. TSAT went down as well, transferrin saturation, which is interesting and that's a slightly confusing picture there. Could be an acute inflammatory state, but I'm not necessarily convinced by that. So I'm not sure what's happening there because my CRP and my monocytes went down. Speaking of CRP, I checked my high sensitivity CRP. 
absolutely undetectable. This is amazing. This is the first time in my life I've had an undetectable CRP level. And this makes me incredibly happy. CRP is a very good marker of inflammation. Very non-specific, but very sensitive. In other words, it can tell you that something's going on, but it can't tell you what's going on. Now, before I had a CRP of one. Now I have a CRP of, well, less than 0.5, which is basically undetectable. That is a seriously low risk of heart disease. And that makes me very happy indeed. My lipids. For some reason, everyone always wants to know what LDL cholesterol is. For some reason, I don't know why. Well, it actually went down. Now, these results on the screen are in millimoles per litre. So I've put the US conversions on there as well. But for people that aren't watching, it was 5.1 at the start for my LDL, and it dropped to 4.8 millimoles per litre after the experiment. Yes, it's still outside of the quote-unquote target range, but I'm happy with this, as my HDL actually went up as well, from 1.3 to 1.4. And if you know anything about HDL, a rise of 0.1 in a month is actually pretty decent. My triglyceride levels actually went down as well, which is amazing. 0.8 down to 0.7, giving me a true triglyceride to HDL ratio of 0.5, which really is pretty damn amazing. Now, unfortunately, the labs here in Australia don't tell you the VLDL or small dense LDL unless you pay extra, which I didn't this time, given that I'd already spent well over $1,000 and uh, for this experiment, I, you know, I'm not made of money. But so I couldn't do like an LPIR score or anything like that. I know Dr. Paul Saladino has put his results out recently and people are criticizing his LPIR scores and triglyceride ratio and so on. I'm not going to get into that today, though. My blood urea level was static at 8.3. And surprisingly, or maybe not, depending on the work that you do in the work in this field that we work in, metabolic health, most people know this if they do carnivore, my urate went down. Now, it's interesting because we tell everyone red meat will cause you gout. Yeah, my urate went down. So that kind of doesn't really fit with that, does it? It's now 0.31, which is actually very low. My calcium was pretty static, both total and adjusted. Considering again that I'd eaten very little calcium on this diet, my phosphate even went up. I wasn't really eating any phosphate. Kind of surprising, actually. As you can see here, my liver enzymes almost universally improved, with ALT, AST, and gamma GT going down, and only ALP very mildly going up. Hmm, interesting. Maybe because I was putting on lean body mass, as I said, and we know that ALP will go up when you're growing, such as during puberty. Could have been other reasons, but I couldn't test for absolutely everything. So my testosterone, though. Wow. What a change. Incredible change. Total testosterone went from 14.1 to 18.4. That's a big jump for a month. SHBG, sex hormone binding globulin, was already low at 21, but reduced to 19. Even better. 
uh, by free testosterone increased by up to 40% higher than their start level at 30 days prior. Almost 50% increase. That's insane. For one month of just eating ribeyes, almost a 50% gain in my testosterone levels. And let me tell you, I've bloody well seen the difference. Honestly, better memory, reduced brain fog, improved motivation, better energy levels, better sleep, reduced stress, reduced anxiety, very much increased libido. And well, look, there's another change that I, I can't really talk about because YouTube will probably ban me. APRA will probably deregister me. And uh, yeah, look, I'll leave you guys to fill in the details, but uh, it's definitely a noticeable change. Interestingly, my B12 actually went down. But my folate, I said I'd come back to that, went up. Huh? I was eating almost no folate. Folate, also known as vitamin B9, is an essential nutrient that plays a role in many important bodily functions, including DNA synthesis and cell division. And yada yada yada, it's usually found in vegetables, etc., basically not meat. Interestingly though, this study published in the Journal of Trace Elements in Medicine and Biology investigated the effects of boron supplementation on folate absorption in healthy older adults. And they found that boron increased the bioavailability of folate, meaning more is absorbed by the body. Oh, it also demonstrates that I was probably not craving folate, but it was the boron I was craving from the liver and eggs. Interesting. My zinc increased from 16.5 to 17. Already high, now even higher. Again, the boron probably helped a bit with that, given it's again known to increase the absorption of zinc. Interesting. And lastly, my DHT levels were 0.8 millimoles per litre. Now, I don't have a baseline for this one, unfortunately, so I can't tell you what's happened with that. But I wanted to check it as I'm actually wondering about uh, taking maybe some finasteride for my hair, because everyone keeps promising me on carnivore it's going to grow back and it hasn't. So yeah, maybe I'm going to try that at some point. Either way, 0.8, I'm pretty happy with where it is right now, so I think we're okay there. I think we can all agree that my bloods are pretty damn good. And look, if anyone out there is going to criticize my bloods, let's have a chat because, yeah, look, they're pretty damn good. My body composition has changed significantly. You can see from the photos. And yes, look, I am still overweight. I know that. But I'm not where I want to be, but I'm improving. And my health is the most important thing to me, not my appearance. And I'm super happy with my health now. The blood tests just show you and all of my symptoms just disappearing the way I feel. Honestly, it's amazing. I spent a lot of money doing this episode, this experiment, but I'm really happy that I did. I'm happy I put this crazy experiment into action. And this discovery of boron has actually really helped me. And I've extended that to my patients. 
And now you guys all know the importance of boron in our diet as well. If you're carnivore or not, to be fair, like I've, I've got vegetarian patients, I've got vegan patients, and look, they're always interesting conversations. But I've actually started suggesting that they take boron and they're all finding benefits. It's amazing. So if you're having issues out there with low sex hormones, low libido, low magnesium levels, iron deficiency, or zinc deficiency, boron could just be your answer. Again, I've put a link in the description down below to Amazon where you can pick up some pretty easily and cheaply. Yes, it's an affiliate link. It does help the channel out if you do buy through that link. But either way, I'd really suggest people consider actually getting some and trying it out. My next steps from here, as I said earlier, is to actually try out some fruit and see what happens. And I've also bought a CGM that I'm going to set up soon and see what the food actually does to my glucose levels. I'm interested why my glucose levels were so high. And what happens when I eat fruit? What happens if I eat a ribeye? And I'm still going to eat some ribeyes. What happens if I eat a kilo of chuck or mince? What happens if I have an egg or a slice of bacon? What happens to my glucose? So on and so forth. I think most people know out there now, I'm a firm believer in health information and informatics, especially owning your own information and data. And things like CGM, sleep tracking, and so on, they really can give you a good sense of what your body is doing. And I think that is really, really important. Anyway. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Meat Medic Podcast. I know this has been an incredibly long episode and I appreciate it if anyone has made it this far. Honestly, you guys deserve a gold star. Thank you so much. I really wanted to do this episode justice. I really wanted to do the detail, the level of detail that I needed to get all my points across to let you guys know the importance of this discovery of boron and how maybe it could impact you and the benefits of eating just a really good diet. Thank you so much for tuning in and if you do decide to get that boron and supplement it, please get in touch. Let me know how you get on. I would love to hear you guys letting me know in the comments. Drop me an email, tag me on social media, DM me on Instagram. Just get in touch with me. Let me know. Did Boron help you? I really want to know. Make sure you subscribe. If you like this episode, please share it around. It really does help the channel. Hit the like. And also make sure you hit that little bell thing on YouTube so you get told when I upload my next video as well. Anyway, thank you guys for watching. Again, another reminder that my new ebook is out 30 Days How to Start a Carnivore Diet link in the description and of course members access on youtube and patreon for exclusive access bonus content and more thank you all for watching i appreciate the time you've taken see you guys in the next episode thank you for this thank you for listening to this episode of the meek medic podcast if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help to spread the word that how, how we can improve mental and physical health through diet and nutrition. If you are interested in improving your own... Okay, let's just re-record that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Meat Medic Podcast. 
If you found this episode useful, please leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help out the channel to grow. If you have found this useful and you want to improve your physical and mental health further, please do check out my website, themeatmedic.com, where you can find all my eBooks are currently 50% off with the code 50OFF. That's code 50OFF, 50OFF, O-double-F, for 50% off all eBooks. Take care. Thank you. See you in the next episode.